we are the unshakables. Good morning. It's great being here with you this morning. Go ahead and give your neighbor a high five. Say welcome to church. It was so awesome having uh, Tiffany Neely guest lead with us this morning. That was just incredible having her. And so she leads at the Springs Church, our sister church in San Marcos, and she's just phenomenal. Um, but didn't our team do amazing today? Can we give them a big hand? They're just awesome. They're awesome. Hey, I'm going to sound a lot like a broken record today. Who likes broken records? Who likes to repeat things? Have you ever, uh, remember the old saying, uh, beating a dead horse, you can't beat a dead horse, right? Like, if you keep beating a dead horse, it's still not going anywhere, right? And so, kick a dead horse, maybe that's what it is, not beat, um, something like that. Hey, this is a broken record, and I'll, I just, uh, bear with me, because we only have three weeks of repeat, and as a feeler, I'm, I'm a feeler personality. Uh, this is bad news for my wife um, because she doesn't know what she's going to get each and every day. I, uh, and some days I'm awesome. Some days I'm, like, moody, you know. And, and so it's just tough. And, and most men aren't um, like me. They aren't feelers. They're pretty stonewalled, stoic. Uh, they're, they're amazing. They're the rocks of the family. I'm thankful that Brandy's taken that role in our relationship. It's been so helpful for me. But as a feeler, I realize that I, I, my emotions take me different places, though. They? they take me all over the place. And, and as a feeler, I've, I've learned to try in a service of having two services, try to bring the same expectation for the gospel and second service as I do first service. Because as a feeler, I already did it. Why do I need to preach it again? And, and so it's very challenging to do so. And as a feeler, I, I love when people make eye contact with me. And, and they're into the message a little bit. And if they're, if they're dozing off, then, then what I think about is maybe they're praying, but really they're dozing off and don't care what I'm saying. So this is where I would need some audience participation. But also what I need as a feeler is, is I need some foundations in my life. I need some consistency. I need the things that are going to keep me grounded and rooted because if I don't have those, who knows where I'll be. Any ever, anybody ever gone sailing or, or fishing and your boat is drifting? Have you noticed the drift and you wonder, how did you end up over here? Because the drift will take you all sorts of places. And that's why we need an anchor. We need an anchor in our life to keep us from drifting wherever the flow may go. And so, so this helps the Purple Book. And I'm only saying this for three more weeks. And if you don't have it by now... You may never get it, but this thing is free. We're giving it away free during this series. It normally costs you $5. We're giving it away free. It's 12 foundation blocks to a Christian life. Um, for all the millennials who like to get something when they complete something, like a trophy for participation, you could put your name on that poster out there, and, and it will be awesome. It will be so satisfying. It will be unbelievable. I, I guarantee you it will be. And so grab a purple book. Finish it. You have three weeks. It's not too late to catch up. Do it, please, so that you don't, aren't, don't become a drifter, but you can be anchored. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the unshakable hope. Everybody say hope. Hope. Hope is amazing. Hope is something that we need. Hope is something that we need desperately right now in our society, in our culture. We need hope as parents. We need hope as friends. We need hope in the workplace. We need hope when we're going out because it's a doom and gloom society. How many of you know that? You read the headlines and it's doom and gloom. Everything is hopeless. And so we need hope. And what I'm excited about, there's this article in Parade Magazine about Eugene Lang. Eugene Lang went to East Harlem 
And he was a self-made millionaire, and he was called to speak to a bunch of sixth graders. And so he was going to speak to 59 sixth graders who, who have a dropout rate of 9 out of 10 within, within the within the class within the school and so everybody's dropping out they're not going to graduate it's a hopeless world and he's like what am I going to say to them what do I say to all these sixth graders that there's more than lip service but that will produce something in their life what am I going to say so he said this he said stay in school he admonished and I'll pay the college tuition for every one of you well how many know that changed the trajectory for these kids. One kid said this, I had something to look forward to, something waiting for me. It was a golden feeling that I moved from this hopeless mentality to a hopeful one, and nine out of ten kids in that class went on to college. Is that amazing? That's the power of hope in our life. How many of you know we need more hope in our lives? We need more hope in our friendships. We need more hope. Now, hope and faith, they're closely related. In fact, they overlap each other all the time. It's kind of like when you're praying and you say, Okay, Father God, we love you, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Thank you so much, God, um, the Father, the Trinity, for what you're doing today. Anybody pray like that? Like you're, you're just calling them everything because you want to clear your bases. It's, it's kind of like faith and hope. They just overlap. They're really closely related, and it's okay if you don't get it exactly right because the, the, the idea of what it's producing is something amazing. Hope is a confident expectation of good things to come. A confident expectation that good things will come to pass. How many of you have some wishful thinking uh, some hope in the wrong things. I'm going to win the lottery. I'm going to do it. And this bingo lottery scratch off is the answer to all my problems this time. Anybody else? I'm the only one who's done that. I have done that. It's sad. One time I went on a ski trip and my friend and I thought it would be cool if we stopped at every convenience store and got a lottery ticket. Scratch off. It was really cool. And we thought we would, you know, make a lot of money and pay for the trip. We did not. We lost a lot of money. <sighs> it's sad. I'm just confessing right now. This is therapy for me, guys. I'm, I'm so sorry. It's not supposed to be. So I hope it's therapy for you as well. Um, hope. It's, it's this confidence in a promise that will be fulfilled. And I should say that it has been fulfilled. It's a fulfillment of a promise in your life. So five kinds of hopes I want to talk about today. The, the first hope we'll find out is a glorious hope. If you have your Bibles turn to Romans chapter 5. This is where we'll find ourselves this morning. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. A glorious hope. Why should we hope? Why should we hope? Well, there's two reasons. We should hope because, because hope is grace. It is God-given. It's a gift given to us. In 2 Thessalonians 2.16, it is through hope was given through grace. That God says, I'm going to deposit hope inside of you. 
hope for the things to come, hope for the, the promises that I have for you. How many of you know you can't conjure up hope? You can't conjure up hope, and if you do, a lot of that is just wishful thinking. It's, it's, it's vanity if you were to conjure it up yourself. It needs to be a gift by God given to you, and it's poured out because he loves you so much. That's how much he loves you. And it's also the hope is of the gospel that we have heard in Colossians 1.13. Goodness and generosity of God is demonstrated through grace and gospel. The goodness of God is demonstrated through this, this grace given gospel of a hope that is going to come to fruition. And it, it, it constantly affirms who God is. That's what hope does. It affirms that he's trustworthy, that he's a reliable, that he's faithful, and that he will fulfill the promise. Now, I have a baby genius, Braille, Kinsley K. She's 18 months. That's my baby girl. And she's a genius, I promise you. I mean, if she's not, then, then I'm just missing the mark. Uh, but but she's awesome. She she's doing all sorts of things, like all all sorts of advancements and stuff. And and Brandy and I are so excited, but we can't take any credit for it. You know, it's just like given to her. Like we didn't teach her that, babe. She just does that. It's incredible. Um, she's amazing in every way. But uh, we're doing this thing right now where she sits on the couch and and we're having her jump off to us. Right? It's so fun. I mean, think about it. Your your kid jumping into your arms. That's so warm and so loving. Uh, you know, girls, y'all fantasize about it all the time, jumping into a man's arms, you know? And so, so that's, it's awesome, and it's so fulfilling and so amazing, and I'm like, jump, baby, jump, you know? And she's taking baby steps, and, you know, she does the, you know, almost jump, but when she does it, it's incredible, and we throw her in there, and it's amazing. It's amazing. But how many know it wouldn't be amazing if I dropped her? Like, if I dropped her, I mean, I, I'm so excited about the day that I get to bring her up on stage, and I'm like, jump, baby, and she'll jump, and I'll catch her, and you'll all be applauding. And you'll be like, that's awesome. But you won't just be applauding her. You'll be applauding me for catching her. You know, the fascinating thing about God is as you hope in him and put your trust in him and start jumping into his arms, it's how God gets glory. It's how God is glorified. God is glorified when we put our hopes and trust in him. Our hope of, of, of what's going to happen in the future, knowing that he is good. As you go to your workplace and you start saying, man, I'm hoping in God. I'm hoping in his faithful promises for my life. I'm hoping that it's going to be amazing. You do that in your friendships. You do that with your relationships. You do that in anything that you do. What does it do? Does it glorify you or does it glorify God? It brings God honor and glory because here's the thing. He's going to come through on that promise as he always does. He comes through if we put our hope in him, the hope that he is good, he is faithful, he's for you, and he won't drop you. And I thank God that he doesn't drop us. But a lot of us become hopeless, hopeless because we've misplaced trust put it in the wrong things, the wrong promises, the, the, the what ifs, and, and starting to try to control the outcomes. Oh, man, it's, it's this wishful thinking, this, oh, I think it's going to work out this way. And, and you find yourself disappointed and hurt and empty. Hope is a glorious hope, glorious because it glorifies God as you hope.
But it's also a tested hope. How many of you like the word test? No one. No one likes tests. If you like tests, you're like psychotic. We have to sit down with you, get you with our psychologist. A tested hope, verse 3 and 4, we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces hope. Suffering produces hope. This is the theology of suffering, one that we don't like to talk about. Because we just, anytime there's suffering in the Bible, we skip it. Anytime there's hurt in the Bible, let's skip over that. Let's just read what we want to read in the Bible. Only love and grace and warm arms. That's all we want to read, you know, and blessing, money, like coming our way. That, we want that one too. Suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. Suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. Suffering. I tried this first service. Let's try it together. Suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. Suffering. Endurance. Character. Hope. Suffering. Endurance. Character. Hope. Suffering. Endurance. Character. Hope. That's the way it works. It's the way it works. And we have to say that a lot because when I'm suffering, I got to know that there's something on the other side of the suffering. Right? When I'm in pain, I got to know that there is an outcome to this pain. And, and, and we know this so well because in 2017, in 2014, uh, Sports Illustrated came out with this cover, and, and, and it predicted the Astros winning the World Series. Woo! That was going to be prophetic. And every time they did that, the team cursed themselves and lost. But this time was different. Why was this time different? Because Hurricane Harvey hit, and it devastated 500,000 people's lives. Cars were underwater, memories, baby photos, um, letters from grandparents and ancestors, and all these memories came about, and a city was hurting, and you know it so well because you've given money to it, you've prayed for it, you went and did hurricane relief, and as you drove down the roads, you saw the piles and piles of people's lives just sitting on the curb, and as we did that, we realized this city is suffering, and they needed to endure and the Astros were the answer. It's amazing that a sports team can bring hope. It's amazing that we can rally around that and bring, bring hope about. And I thought game seven, the Yankees were going to take it. That's what I was hoping for, huh, Jimmy? I was hoping for the Yankees. And he started cursing me and said, don't do that. You know, you're, you're cursing Houston. You're cursing everything. Stop it. And so I repented after they lost. And, and, and I decided I'm all about the Strohs, baby. Strohs are going to win this. And they did, game seven. And it was this moment because the city was suffering. They were suffering. Everything was suffering. We have to endure. We have to move. We have to keep going. And it produces character in them. And it was a hope for the city. Many pastors said this, we needed this. Our city needed this. And it's not the only time that's happened. When there's been great suffering, we see some sports team rise up and people rally together that they can endure through this process. And then there's a hope made manifested. And so in 2005, when Hurricane Katrina hit, you may remember this, the New Orleans Saints were 3-13 and 13 that year. They were, they were awful, man. They were awful. But the next year, 
And they went, I think, 10 and 6. And then just a couple years later in 2010, they brought home a Super Bowl. And it was this amazing moment. Or think about this. In 2013, I believe, when the Boston bombings happened in the marathon, what happened? The Red Sox rallied together and won the World Series. And that's what happens because when you suffer so hard, you start to endure and persevere and say, I'm going to push through. And it builds up this character within you and this hope, this hope. That people so need. But how much greater is the hope of the king of glory? The hope who will win every series. The hope that will win every game. Jesus, the king of kings, who's already paid the price for you and me. And his promise will come to fruition. His promise will be made manifest. So when you're in your season of suffering, and it is hard, what do you do? You endure Your endurance is bringing a character, a godliness inside of you that knows that you are set apart and the hope will come to fulfillment. It happens every time and it is a shameless hope in verse 4. And hope does not put us to shame. It does not put us to shame. Um, it It is not humiliating. You know, it's not that false hope. You know, that speculated hope. That hope where somebody walks around like, oh, dude, one day, man, one day I'm going to win the lottery. You know, when I do, then I'm going to get serious about God. You know, when I, when I do, then that's when I'm going to start giving. And then when I do, you know, that's when I'm going to start serving. Or, or maybe if this were to happen, you know, my school was paid for, well, then that's it. You know, it, it's not that because what happens with this wishful thinking? Too many empty promises. Too many broken expectations. And who looks like a fool in it? You do. But hope in Jesus doesn't bring about a foolishness. It brings about uh, this revelation that God is who he says he is. It brings about this thing that, that God is, will stand on his promises, that his promises are yes and amen. That means it's true, and it is true. It's true for you, and it's true for me. That's what we're longing for. That's what we need. We need that kind of hope, don't we? You and I need that hope. It's also a sustained hope in verse 4. Bless you. But whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. Through endurance and through the encouragement of scriptures, we might have hope. We might have hope. It's forward-looking. That's what hope is. And that forward-looking is the fuel that you need in life, isn't it? Through every circumstance, through every suffering, through every, everything that's happening in your life, you need some forward-thinking faith, don't you? Some forward-thinking hope. You need that. And the best way to get forward-thinking hope is to look back at your past, what God's already done. You look back at your past about, man, God brought that wife that I was praying for. God brought those children. God did this. God did that. And it's a gratitude. And the gratitude starts changing your attitude for the future of what hope there is. How many of y'all doing the 30-day challenge? You know, throw throw up thanks, right? Throw up thanks. Maybe Winton's here. I don't know. He's somewhere. Throw up thanks challenge. He's doing this throw up thanks challenge. Post on Instagram and all this stuff. Throw up thanks. You know we're gonna we're gonna throw it up and and you can go there now. Hashtag throw up thanks challenge and and participate and you can start thanking God for all that He's done in your life. Well, day one is easy, right? I thank God for my hot wife. I thank God for my awesome kids. 
I thank God for food, right? You, you start doing that, but when you get to day 20, you're like, man, what am I thankful for now? And my list is gone. You ever find that to be true? But here's the great news is if you were to do the 30-day challenge, it would cause you to get deeper and deeper and deeper to understand what God has really done for you. You see, that's the thing about God is the longer we sit, the deeper the revelation. The longer we sit, the deeper the intimacy. You know it because God is relational. He's a father and he's a friend. He's relational, and you know that because you can look at your, the shadow of your earthly friendships. You start looking at, man, if Brandy and I are going to get deep, we have to sit here more than 30 minutes. We have to go more, you know, one date a month. We have to date often, and we have to get to know each other and what's, what's in the deepness of our souls. And that's where, that's where we find the deepness of who one another are. It's where you find the deepness of God. And when you do that in the 30-day challenge and you reach day 26 and you already thank God for everything, okay, God, what am I thankful for today? What else is there to be thankful for? You sit with him and you posture yourself and he brings up something. Maybe it's old memory. Maybe it's an old experience. Maybe it was that old friendship. Maybe it was something that pushed you through in a moment that got tough. Maybe it was a random blessing that you forgot about so long ago, but you were able to pull that up and give God thanks. When you do that, it moves us to being hopeful. It moves us into the hope that God has displayed for us. He is the God of hope. In Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Hope is not just conjured up. It's from the Holy Spirit given to you so that you may have the peace and joy of God in your life. And I don't know about you, but I find my peace and joy being robbed so quickly. Why is it it so quickly fades? Circumstance, life, suffering, pain hurts, disappointment, frustration. But God is the God of joy. He's the God of peace. And he wants to put that in your life today. Hope brings about the certainty within our lives. And so if you're uncertain today, I want to tell you, don't grab a hold of hope. Grab a hold of Jesus. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before him because he knew this was the only way that, that the people of God would have hope and peace. They would have love and joy. They'd be adopted into his kingdom. And so there was this hope that, that if I go onto the cross and I pay the price for their sins, and I take the judgment of God, the wrath of God that was unleashed upon them and put it on myself and relieve them of that, that he may have life and excel far above and fulfill the God-given purpose that God has put in them and destined in them since the beginning. And so he endured the cross for you and me. And he rose from the grave so that 
that you and I may have life to believe that it's possible. It says, if anyone would call upon his name and believe in their heart, they shall be saved. And they'll have a life in abundance, abundant joy, abundant grace, abundance. Stand with me this morning if you want a life of abundance. If you want a life that only God can give, if you want a life that only he has promised, I want to pray for you. Jesus, I thank you for your church this morning. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for who you are. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you give the gift of grace and of hope. God, I thank you that you give hope. That you give hope where there is no hope. And God, I pray that we had hope in the right things. And Lord, where we're hurts, broken expectations, broken promises, uh, loss of life, loss of loved ones, so much pain in this world, so many hurts and disappointments, I pray, Jesus, that the glorious hope of you catching us would become an ever-present reality in this moment. God, that you're good. You have our best interests in mind. He's for you and not against you. God, I thank you for what you're doing in your church. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.